Welcome back to another episode of Raw Before Christ. As usual, I am your host, Carisha Barker. Last week, we started going through the book of Daniel, and we did chapter one. And the topic for the entire series will be Standing Tall in Babylon. And so I am here today to do chapter two. Um, but before I get started... Let's pray, because that's what we do around here. We depend on the Holy Spirit. So let us pray. Eternal God and everlasting Father, I thank you, God, for another day to be able to sit down and to go through your word, to build up our spirits, to build up our minds, Almighty God, to edify the body of Christ, to just keep persevering and enduring, God, this race that we run almighty god so father i just ask in this moment that you will take all of me god that you will take control of my mind my mouth my heart everything almighty god i surrender myself to you god that i may be able to just speak your word as you see fit god speak your word as you have called me to speak your word father i i give everything over to you and I just tell you thanks for using me, God, for using me. God, I just, I give you all the glory, all the praise, and I leave everything in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. I, my music is a little bit loud, so let me turn it down. Okay, here we go. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Chapter two. I think I'll be reading from the, I'll just go with the NIV version. And I'll try my best to share any notes that jump. It, that jumps out to me that I believe the Lord wants me to share. And I'll try to quote where I'm reading from, but let's go. Let's get into the word of God. This chapter is a little bit longer than chapter one, so I'll try my best to keep it. Yeah, but let's go. So Daniel chapter two, and it reads in verse one, in the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. No, brother. How are you going to dream and then call me to tell you what you dreamed? Don't you remember what you dreamt? But we'll see what happens. (laughs) So verse 3 says, when they came in and stood before the king, he said to them, I have had a dream that troubles me and I want to know what it means. Valid, because we have dreams a lot of times and sometimes some dreams just, (laughs) I just want to know what's going on, Abba. What am I missing in the spiritual realm? What am I missing in the physical realm? What is coming? 
what do I need to prepare myself for? So I can imagine in this moment how Nebuchadnezzar's mind was so troubled and this dream was so frightening that he was like, I need to rally everybody. Everybody needs to come now and let me know what's going on because a king needs to know. <laughs> so we'll go to verse 4 and it says, then the astrologers answered the king, May the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. Did I not tell you to interpret the dream and tell me? Why, do you, why are you telling me to tell you the dream? Verse 5. The king replied to the astrologers, This is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was, and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your hoses turned into piles of rubbles. Verse 6, but if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. <laughs> Come on, y'all. King Nebuchadnezzar was tripping because... Why? Why? Why are you doing this to me? Huh? <laughs> so in my notes, I have that from the Spirit-filled um, life Bible. It says that it is possible that God's spirit troubled Nebuchadnezzar's spirit, causing him to recognize the importance of the dreams. It's possible. So we left off. On the last episode, speaking of how God placed the four Hebrew young men higher or ten times better than the magicians and the astrologers and the old massive and crew. <laughs> but here we see the king calling on those same people who he knows not even good as Daniel. <laughs> and he's calling on them still. But when the Lord wants to use you, I'll just drop this right in here. Because as I was studying, it came into my spirit, so I wrote it down. When the Lord wants to use you, it doesn't matter who others call upon first. Because the Lord will show you off when it's time. And the Lord will use you. Because in the beginning, in the first place, you're who he wanted to use. So, uh, that's that. And the Spirit Life Bible, it continues to even say, it makes a note about verse 5, which was when the king told them that, if you don't tell me this, I am going to kill everybody. And if you tell me this, then you'll get honor. It says, assuming the king remembered his dream, this was a shortest of whether his servants had genuine supernatural ability. And they admit to each other in verse 11, sorry, that they, that they do not have it. They don't. I don't even understand why he called upon them in the first place, but that's, that's beyond me. That's, that's King Nebuchadnezzar's thing. I, I don't know, but... I, I would have called on Daniel first because I've already seen what I needed to see from verse 1. 
from chapter one, seeing that they were full of knowledge and wisdom, but maybe he just didn't want to depend on God. Maybe he just saw the anointing on Daniel's life and decided, hmm, not right now. But let me tell you something. When the Lord wants to use his anointed people, it doesn't matter who, what man or whoever wants to call on. And it's not going to work out until you use who God wants to be used, okay? So I'm going to continue because we're going to see what the Lord is going to do. Because the Lord, he does stuff. Verse 7 says, Once more they replied, Let the king tell his servants a dream, and we will interpret it. Then the king answered, I am certain that you are trying to gain time. I just imagined King Nebuchadnezzar just sitting down like, you, you can't fool me. You, you cannot trick me. You're trying to waste my time. Why are you trying to waste my time? I said what I said. I said what I needed to say. And I'm telling you that you need to do it now. Why are you wasting my time? Why are you wasting my time? (laughs) Yeah, I'm having a little bit too much fun here, but that's, you know, that's me. But (laughs) he says, because you realize that this is what I have firmly decided. If you do not tell me the dream, there is only one penalty for you, my dear. Well, he didn't say my dear, but (laughs) you have conspired to tell me misleading and wicked things. Hoping the situation will change. So then, tell me the dream and I will know that you can interpret it for me. The astrologers answered the king, there is nobody, there is no one on earth who can do what the king asked. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or astrologer. What the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among humans. (laughs) You're right, you're right, but there is a god, though. There is a god. There is a god, and his name, come on, is Yahweh, is Yeshua, is Jesus. El Shaddai, Elohim, Adonai, who dwells among his people through the Holy Spirit. And he will, if he chooses to, reveal things that are supernatural, things that are to come, things that he wants us to do. And he will do just that if that's what his will is to be done. So uh, they're wrong. I mean, they're right because their false God can't do anything. But our God, he can do everything. <laughs> I have a couple notes here. So I'll just go ahead and say the notes. So, so Nebuchadnezzar knew that his dream was of high importance. So if I was in his shoes, I wouldn't want people around me who would, would just tell me what I want to hear. Because this, I can imagine how this dream just shook him so much that I don't want to hear fluff. 
I don't want anyone to fluff anything up. I want the truth. I want nothing but the plain raw truth. Raw before Christ. <laughs> raw truth. And I want it. I don't want it watered down. So I would test them just the same because you would probably just tell me what I want to hear. But I need to hear the truth because this dream, it, it came off very, very important. I'm sleeping and in the middle of the night, this dream. And so I'm calling on everybody because I need answers. So as children of God, we're called to live in truth. By, and we're, li- we're called to live in truth and by truth. We have enough false prophets and false witness and a lot of want-to-be-ers. Yeah? We have a lot of wannabe people going around in the world already. So we should be the people of, of prayer and truth, who, who, which is exactly what Daniel um, will display to us in the in the upcoming verses and it's a depiction of how we should live never watering down the word of God never watering down the plain things that the Lord reveals to us to say it as it is and pe- there are people out there who appreciate the truth because I can imagine that King Nebuchadnezzar didn't want to hear the fluff and all of that he wanted the real truth so There are people who are looking for the truth. Because if we as Christians, we as believers and followers of Christ, if we do not tell the truth, who else is going to tell the truth? So, So the NIV study Bible, so from verse 7 to 11, these are the notes that I I have for verse 7 to 11. So it continues. And the NIV Foundation study Bible says that, the wise men were forced to acknowledge their own limitations. As far as they know, they were doomed because the gods who had the answers did not speak with men. <laughs> did not speak with men. But this makes me convinced. Humor me for a second. This makes me convinced. That these men knew their gods were limited, nevertheless false, (laughs) and plain out, plain, right out, you know, couldn't do what Nebuchadnezzar was asking for. I can just see them coming to the realization, as they admitted, but I can just imagine what's going through their minds in this moment. Like, you know well that our gods can't do that i could just imagine y'all the bible got some juicy stuff and it's the same thing that's going on in this world today and if we take a page out of the bible literally and just live it just like daniel is showing to us we would be surprised of the many things that we would experience and the success and all of the things that we would have as children of God because we're following the word of God and living how he has called us to live. The blueprint, everything written out. And all we got to do is read it, dive into it, and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. And we will see. But we will press forward because, as I said, chapter 2 is long and I want to be able to 
do it in a good manner of time. So we continue with verse 12. So this made the king so angry and furious because, you know, they just said, nobody can do this. What you're asking for, nobody cannot do it. I don't know what you're asking for. So King Nebuchadnezzar was so angry and furious that he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon, including Daniel and his friends that he didn't even go and consult. But anyways... Verse 13, so the decree was issued to put the wise men to death. And men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. But one thing I know is that God wouldn't have allowed the four Hebrew men to be killed because he had a purpose for them. He, he, he had an assignment for them in this Babylonian society. And until it was time and until they did the assignment and the work that the Lord wanted them to do, ain't nobody going to harm them. Okay? The weapons will form. But will they prosper? And no, they won't. <laughs> and no, they won't. They will not. So verse 14. Let me see. Have I missed anything to share before I move on? Nah. Verse 14. When Ariok, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon. Check this. Check this. Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. Hello, somebody, as my friend Shahana would say. Hello, somebody. <laughs> um, what do you mean? What do you mean? Imagine, what do you call those people who are sent out to kill others? Marksmen? No? Uh, I don't remember what the term is. But imagine, the person sent out to kill you, you're going to stop. And speak to that person. <laughs> you come for kill me. And I am here I am having a whole conversation with you. With wisdom. Yeah. And tact. <laughs> I love that. He asked. Verse 15. He asked the king's officer. Why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Ariok then explained the matter to Daniel. Bro. I, he's so distracted that he didn't even realize that he was sent out to kill. God sent me to kill. No, not... Oh, my God. My bad. Nebuchadnezzar sent out to kill these men. But I believe God stepped in and used Daniel in that moment, in that instance, to give him the wisdom, to give him the tact, and talk to him to the point where he didn't even realize that he was wasting his time and talking to the man that he's supposed to kill. Here he is explaining everything. <laughs> and that's what I love. That's what I love. And I pray that the Lord would give us such level of wisdom and tact that when we approach those 
who have been sent out by the enemy or by others to harm us, that they forget why they were sent out to us because we approach them in such wisdom and tact. I'm praying that the Lord will equip me in that frame of mind to have that promptness, to have that urgency or to have that awareness, as the military would say, the situational awareness that when these men come after me or whoever it is that the enemy thinks he can send after me to harm me, that I have so much tact and wisdom that they forget. They forget. Okay? They forget. All right, so we continue. Verse 17. No, verse 16. At this, Daniel went at this, Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Listen, Daniel, don't easy. <laughs> what, what do you mean? The king sent out to kill him. And here Daniel is marching up to the king's palace with his wisdom that the Lord has given him and the boldness that the Lord has given him. Because why not? Marching up, sir, hold up for a second before you kill anybody. Let me do it for you. <laughs> give me a little time. <laughs> give me a little time, please. Just a little bit of time so that I can consult my Lord about this matter because I know he brought me here for a reason and I know the gifts that the Lord has given to me. So hold on. Can you imagine that Daniel was just, woof, y'all. I love this. Verse 17, then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He urged them to plead the, to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven <clears throat> and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the, 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 the and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Y'all, so much to unpack here. So much to unpack here. So much to say. So much to say. So much to say. First, prayer. 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 
Daniel knew that his help comes from God, as I stated, from chapter 1. We can see that. And God alone can give him the things that he needs. He knew that his way to survival was through prayer because he knew the Lord would not just leave him hanging like that. He knew that the Lord would reveal these things. He knew that through prayer, the Lord would work. But not even only that. I need to remember that <laughs> I don't just have Jamaicans. Sometimes I get so excited that I just start speaking Patwa. So forgive me. But not only that, but Daniel had praying friends. Praying friends. I can't even begin to express how important it is to have friends who pray. Friends who pray for you, even if you don't have to ask or even if you don't ask. Friends who are on their knees weeping or here or know that you're going through something and when you don't have the strength to pray, you have those friends praying and backing you up. That's a blessing. Never you ever take for granted or never appreciate the praying friends that you have in your circle. And if you don't have any praying friends in your circle, get some. Because... Sometimes you just, you need the bucketive of others. Where two or three are gathered, you need those people in your circle who are able to pray with you, pray through things with you. Or even if you don't have the strength to pray, you know for a fact that your friend is on their knee in their prayer closet, in their prayer room, seeking the Lord's face on your behalf. I can't just imagine... Daniel's friends didn't even respond. I, I just know that Daniel come in and Daniel say, listen, we need to pray. And I can just imagine, now say another word, brother. We are going to pray together. No worry. In office of 40, and they start praying. Oh my gosh. The Lord, who is so full of grace and mercy, revealed the dream to Daniel. Daniel didn't just wake up. You know, he didn't just... Re and he, the fact about this is, he didn't just receive the answers to the vision and just ran to the king and say, All right, king, so and so and so and so and so. Two plus two is four. You know, five plus five is ten. And this is it. Daniel paused for a second and he worshipped and he praised God because the Lord, as much as how the Lord was willing and able, because it was in his will to do this, the Lord didn't have to. And the Lord revealed it to Daniel and Daniel understood what it meant to be graced by God's presence that much and by God so much that he decides to give you the answer to something so big. That is something that is literally life and death situation. And Daniel stopped and he worshipped and he praised. So many times, sorry, the Lord reveals things to us. And instead of us pausing for a second to worship and to praise and to just dwell in God's presence, to just tarry, we run gone with it. Gone with it. 
and we don't even sit to give God the praise and the worship that he so deserves. So deserves. I am just stuck. I'm still stuck on the fact that Daniel didn't just pray by himself, that he had praying friends. For me, that's a big deal. And that's something that I continuously ask the Lord for. And now, being in the military and moving from place to place, I ask the Lord every single time, Lord, bring prayerful friends, godly friends in my life every single where I go. Because I know it's essential to have those people in your corner that helps to edify you, helps to build you up. And you iron sharpening iron, iron sharpening iron, as the word of the Lord declares. Those are the friends that I have and those are the friends that I need. And I will be that friend for those who are coming up in, in the, in, you know, babes in Christ. I will have people who don't necessarily aren't they're not necessarily in that position as yet, but they will get there. Because I I devote myself in prayer in that aspect to help to pray through. I just love that. I, I, I just love that. Let's see, where else? Oh that's one thing that the Bible, um life, spirit life, Bible. It notes between verse 20 to 23 is that Daniel does not need the king's confirmation to be sure that he heard from the Lord. He didn't. See, that's exactly the thing. He didn't need the, the king to say, oh, yeah, you definitely heard from the Lord. He knew. So Daniel knew that what he received was from the Lord. He didn't need to go to the king for the king to say, yeah, that was my dream. That's it. He just knew in that moment. And so he praised the Lord. He worshiped and he honored the Lord. He honored the Lord. Let me see what other notes here. Daniel and his friends knew the same thing that the other wise men did. Only God could possibly reveal the, the king's dream. But unlike the other wise men, they knew that their God would answer when they called on him. Because the Lord said, when you call on me, I will answer. When you call on me, I will answer. I will answer. Let me see what else is there. Because I want to just be able to give as much information as I can as we go through these, these verses and stuff. So that we're gaining more so because they were new graduates into the king's royal service daniel and his three friends were not calling to see the king with the rest of the wise men this is what the fire bible says but the decree to kill all of the counselors including daniel and his friends as well daniel then approached the king and asked for time to interpret the dream he needed the time to pray for God's assistance so that the four so the four Hebrew young men prayed with determination and purpose and waited for God's revelation. Prayer affects and alters things in the spiritual realm. Somebody I'm going to repeat it. Prayer affects and alters things in the spiritual realm. It 
also invites God's supernatural power into this, the natural realm, and that brings change. Daniel's first response after God revealed the dream and its meaning was to praise the Lord for his goodness and power. I didn't even read this yet. This is my first time reading this part. And I already stated these things. Those who truly love and serve God know that to pray is an opportunity to hear from God. And when the answers come, God's people should always be quick to express their gratitude to him. See, y'all, the Bible's speaking. The Bible is speaking. I didn't even read this yet. They should look for opportunities to bring honor to him in all they do. Listen. As for me and my house, I will serve and praise and worship the living God because he always comes through. As for me and my house. All right, so let's get into the interpretation. <laughs> let's get into the interpretation of what um, the Lord reveals to uh, Daniel. Still have a little ways to go, but here we go. Then Daniel went to Arioch whom the king had appointed to execute the wise men of Babylon and said to him, Do not execute the wise men of Babylon. Take me to the king and I will interpret his dream for him. Ariok took Daniel to the king at once and said, I have found a man among the exiles of Judah who can tell the king what his dream means. The king asked Daniel, also called Belshazzar, Are you able to tell me what I saw in my dream and interpret it? Daniel replied. Listen for Daniel's reply because this young man right here, <laughs> no wise man, enchanter, magician, or diviner can explain to the king the mystery he has asked about. But there is a God in heaven. There is what? A God in heaven who reveals mysteries. Listen, let me continue before I start talking. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, yes. He has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dream and the visions that passed through your mind as you were lying in bed are these. Well, it's coming. But I just love how Daniel just stick it right in there like a pin. Poop! He just stick it right in there. There is a God in heaven. Listen, nobody else. Nobody else. No no, no, no crystal worshippers, no diviners, no magicians, no astrologers, none of them, none of them people day, <laughs> none of those people could ever reveal these things, but there is a God in heaven who can do that. Daniel didn't hold back. And that is what I like. Daniel didn't just tell Ariok to spear him and his friends either. He said, hold up, don't kill nobody at all. Nobody at all. All the wise men in Babylon, just hold off and let me speak to the king. He could have said, 
spare me and my friends so that I can go tell the king. But no, he didn't do that. He said everyone, because why? When the Lord is blessing you, it doesn't even matter if these people are your enemies. Include them. Because you don't know whose life can be affected positively and they can encounter the Holy Spirit and encounter God just by you doing that act of saying, all right? And then revealing and saying things as the Lord places on your heart or in your spirit. Daniel also gave honor and glory to God in speaking to Nebuchadnezzar. He made sure Nebuchadnezzar knew where his help come from, where his help came from, excuse me, and spoke boldly of God. Listen, I'm going to tell you where my help came from. My help, all of my help. Come it from the Lord. Listen, Daniel said that the Lord in heaven, the God in heaven, gave me this interpretation. And you're going to know about it. <laughs> you are going to know about it. <sighs> I'm just getting so excited about the word of God, y'all. So verse 29. So now it starts to talk about the vision. As your majesty was lying there, your mind turned to things to come. And the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. As for me, <laughs> this mystery has been revealed to me not because I have greater wisdom than anyone else alive. I love Daniel's humbleness in this situation. But so that your majesty may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. Your majesty looked and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, enormous dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Huh. Smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. Woo. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the, the whole earth. This was the dream and now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed all mankind and the beasts of the field and the birds in the air. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them, over them all. You are the head of gold. After you, another kingdom will rise 
inferior to yours. Next, a third king, kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. Finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, from iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. And as iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all the others. Just as you saw that the feet and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom. Yet it will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron, wait, did I read that again? Yeah, I'm sorry if I did. As the toes were partly iron and, and partly clay, so the kingdom will be partly strong and partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with baked clay, so the people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. Uh, oh yeah, let me continue. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another per people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end but it will itself endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain, but not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and its interpreta interpretation is trustworthy. That was a mouthful. I need some water. <laughs> that was a mouthful. Okay. It's a lot to unpack here. So, I don't know. I'll just read all the no little notes that I have so that it can be a little bit more helpful. So Daniel tells the dream and interpretation just as it was given to him. Daniel didn't tell the king what he wanted to hear, but Daniel remained true to God and true to everything that the Lord revealed to him. Okay, so, um, so a, the large statue that Nebuchadnezzar saw represented four kingdoms that would rule over the earth. The rulers of the nations of the world may not recognize God's authority, but that does not alter the fact that they have their position only through his permission. God gives permission to, every, to everything that he allows happen, but even in that, the Lord is working. Things may not seem as we think it should, but the Lord is working through it. So the first worldwide empire, the head of gold, was Babylon. The second empire, the chest and arms of silver, was Medo-Persia. Just as silver is inferior to gold, Medo-Persia was inferior to Babylon, not in size, but in its effectiveness in governing its people. The third kingdom would be the Greek Empire. The fourth kingdom, the legs of iron, is the only one not specifically identified within the book of Daniel. 
Rome is most likely is the most likely choice for it succeeded Greece and was certainly a very strong empire. Some believe that this is a reference to the Roman Empire's decline. Verse between verse 20, verse 41 and verse 45, it's talking about the divided kingdom. Some believe that it is a reference to the Roman Empire's decline when the kingdom was divided and the fabric of the empire was weakening in the early centuries after Christ. In this case, the kingdom which was which will never be destroyed, obviously the kingdom of God, is a spiritual kingdom introduced by Christ at his com- his first coming. And the mountain that grew from the rock would be a reference to the spread of Christianity, which eventually was named the state religion of the Roman Empire. Y'all, I'm sorry this is a lot of information, but bear with me. Others believe that verses 41 to 45 point to future events that have not yet been fulfilled. When this vision is compared with the four beasts of chapter 7, which we will get there eventually, it seems clear that the, key, the, four kingdom, the fourth kingdom is yet to come. It is theorized that the kingdom of iron does actually refer to the Roman Empire, which will be revived in some form in the last days, perhaps as a ten-nation confederacy. In this case, the kingdom that will never be destroyed is a literal kingdom to be established by Jesus Christ at the second coming, at which, at which time he will destroy the kingdoms of the world. I know that was a lot. I know. But we got to understand the word of God somehow. All right, y'all. So I am back. So yesterday I started recording so that I could post today, Wednesday. But unfortunately, the camera died (laughs) because I guess chapter two is so long. And I was going to chop this up in part one, part two. But I, I just have literally like four verses left. So that's why different hairstyle <laughs> and the for those who's those who are watching will see those who are listening omit please omit but as I was saying yesterday that I know that it is a lot of information to take in granted in fact if I were to really 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 deep dive into this even more specifically this chapter just the vision the dream and the interpret interpretation of you know Nebuchadnezzar everything that he experienced it could be a whole bible study in it in an in and of itself so I am just touching on the surface as much as I can and then trying to finish up here where we left off. So I believe that's all I had to say because I was stopped mid-thought. <laughs> but here we go with the rest of the verses. So verse 
46 says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, Surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries. For you were able to reveal this mystery. Would you look at that? See, when we speak boldly of God's word, when we speak boldly of God and of his word, holding nothing back, see, the Lord is magnified and sinners come to see and know who he is. And it's very important to note uh, where did I see it? Just because I want to make note of it. Yes, that King Nebuchadnezzar, yeah, King Nebuchadnezzar's response does not constitute a conversion, only an addition to his pantheon of gods and a reshuffling of their position. So he has now come to the place of realization that there is a God higher than other gods or mightier in his point of view. But it doesn't mean that he immediately became um, transformed. But a seed was planted. A seed was planted is what I believe happened here. Let me see if there's anything else that is noteworthy. All right, so verse, verse 20, no, sorry, verse 48 says, Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. See, the Lord will allow us to enter certain situations that we may stand firm in him, to stand strong, stand tall, stand firm in Babylon. The Lord will elevate you in your place of despair, your toxic environment, or whatever it is that you are going through, as he wants to use you as a light that others may see, know, and glorify him, that they may see your good works and glorify God in heaven. So believers, children of God, daughters, sons of God, remain faithful to the father that you, you so serve and you so revere because there's a purpose for where you are right now. There's a purpose for whatever it is that the Lord is doing. There's a purpose for where you are at. And I am speaking to myself because there are moments where I sit back and I wonder, Lord, is this where you really wanted me? But I know that the Lord has confirmed all these things and he continuously reassures me like Gideon, Kerisha. Listen, I have you where I need you to be. 
things may not be how you want it to be or expected for it to be, but I want you to stand tall in Babylon. I want you to stand strong and stand on my word and continue doing what you are doing so that others may see your good work and glorify God in heaven. Not for me to be glorified, but for him to be glorified. So that is something for us to be reminded of. So whatever it is, I want to encourage someone today that wherever you are at, it may not be the nicest environment. It may not be where you want to be. But in due season, in due season, you will see what the Lord has been doing in your life. So like Paul encourages, us, let us continue to just run the race and endure and persevere because the Lord has our back. So that's really where chapter 2 ends and that's where my notes end and everything that I have and the Lord has placed on my heart. So I'm sorry that this video is a little bit late than you know what, God? It's on time. It's fine. It's on time. <laughs> but I just, before I end the video, I just want to pray as usual because we love when the Holy Spirit is invited in our lives. Amen? So let us pray. Most righteous and eternal Father, I come before your presence today, Lord, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your your kindness. Thank you, Almighty God, for everything that you are doing for us, that you're doing in our lives, Lord. And I just thank you for who you are, most importantly, that you're a father, that you're a friend, Almighty God, that you are a comfort, Almighty God. Thank you, Jesus, that you're a burden bearer, your heavy load shearer, Almighty God. Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That you, Almighty God, has you have given us your word, Lord, that it doesn't matter what season we're in, that there is something from the Bible for every season that we go through because you never change. No matter how the seasons change, and the same God that you were in that season before is the same God that you are. And you continuously reveal that in your word, that you are there for us through every season, almighty God. So, Father, for those who are in a season, Lord, of being in an environment that they don't necessarily favor right now, that they don't necessarily see why it makes sense that I'm there or... They don't necessarily see, Almighty God, the purpose or they don't feel valued in that season. Lord, I pray that above all else, that they will see that they are valuable in your kingdom, that they are valuable to you, Almighty God. And their eyes will be steadfast on you, Lord Jesus, that we don't always have to have all the answers. But as long as we know that we're doing your work, Lord, and we're leading people to you directly and indirectly, if it, if it even means planting a little seed and opening, causing their eyes and other people's eyes to be open, almighty God. And so they can be cognizant of the fact that you are present, Lord. If it's even that, Lord, <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. So, Father, I just pray that you will help 
each and every one of us to be strengthened, Lord, that we will endure, that we will persevere, Almighty God, that we'll stand tall, stand firm, stand strong in Babylon, Almighty God, and that as we journey through your word, that we will be edified and that we will be uplifted in spirit, in mind, in emotion, and in body. I just thank you now, Lord Jesus. I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. All the honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, thank you guys for joining another episode of Raw Before Christ. Thank you for spending the time to learn more about the Word of God and journeying with me through this process as we learn to stand tall in Babylon. So, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and give you his grace and his peace and everything that he has to offer you. Have a good one. Bye.